Hey, do you feel like you are constantly struggling with your finances? Do you have a hard time keeping up with bills, paying down debt, or maybe building an emergency fund savings? Hey, if so, you're not alone. That's exactly how Michelle felt about four years ago before joining Roots. But today, things are so much different for Michelle, and she is my guest today, and she is here to share what's helped her pay off over $150,000. Yes, you heard that right. $150,000 of debt in the last four years. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Debt-Free Dad Podcast with Brad Nelson. Brad and his co-hosts experience the anxiety of living paycheck to paycheck before learning the fundamentals of financial success. They are now on a mission to empower regular people to pay off their debt for good and enjoy happier, less stressful lives. Keep listening for inspirational interviews, tips, tricks, and practical advice to gain financial freedom. So guys, as I mentioned in the intro, I'm excited to have Michelle joining us today on the Defree Dad podcast. But hey, after listening to this episode, if you want to take this a step further, we've got an awesome free workshop to take this to that next step. And I'll be sharing the details about that later on in the show. So guys, like I said, I want to take a second to introduce you to Michelle Brown. Now, Michelle is a special education teacher and English teacher for the last 17 years. She loves working with students and finding new ways to either teach them reading or math. And Michelle has three grown daughters as well. Her oldest has a bachelor's and is working a full-time job. And her two youngest daughters are also working, but are still in college. Michelle, so happy to have you a part of the Deaf Free Dad podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So now you have uh, been in Roots for four years now. So uh, we've been on live meetups. We've talked a lot about different things. And I'm just... I'm glad to have you on today to share a little bit about your journey and what you've been able to achieve because over the last four years, you've, you've overcome a lot, but you've also, um, man, when we talk about your numbers, what you've been able to pay off, it's, uh, it's incredible. So before we get there though, what, what I would like to just have you share a little bit with our listeners is just how did you start learning about money when you grew up and, and how did that education or what you learned about money as a, as a, as a child or even a teenager how did that affect you as you became an adult and how you manage your finances? Um, I learned uh, money from my mom. I mean, she was a single mom most of her life. And I mean, we made it paycheck to paycheck and she struggled. I mean, she tried to save, but it was always difficult. It wasn't an easy process for her. Um, I mean, she tried to do her best, but, you know, it wasn't an easy thing for her to do. Yeah. yeah. Did she ever <laughs> take time to like, did she, did she, teach you anything? Did she try to show you anything, budgeting skills or anything like that? Actually, she did teach me how to, um, she opened up a check, my first checkbook with me. She taught me how to, to use a checkbook and stuff, which a lot of parents don't do. Right. And she made sure that I knew how to balance it and stuff like that. And she did that at a pretty early age, like by the time I was 16 and stuff. So she was really, she tried to help me with that and stuff. I have to give kudos to my mom on that one. Yeah. That's awesome. So how did that affect you as you became an adult? I mean, did you do well with money? Have you, has it been something you've struggled with? Like what were some of the things as, as you became an adult, what, what were the pluses and minuses when it came to managing your money? Um, I always knew that I had to pay the bills first. And, um, my mom always taught me when I had kids, you pay the babysitter before you pay anything else. Because if you don't have a babysitter, you can't go to work. 
Um, and so, but it, it was a challenge. It, it just always was. It was like, there's not enough sometimes. It's just like, there's not enough for savings. Um, you want to put stuff aside for the savings, but there was never enough for the savings because there's there was more bills than there was money coming in. Yeah. So I always felt like I was never had enough to make ends meet. Yeah. And so, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to that whole not enough, can't make ends meet that are listening to this right now. I mean, there's a lot of people right now that are that are feeling that pinch. So you would you would it be fair to say then that most of your adult life, I mean, money's money's been somewhat of a struggle for you. Oh yeah. For sure. And was it, was it just like not making ends meet? Did you, was there any sort of, um, not to throw you under the bus or anything, <laughs> was there anything? Cause we all have them. Were there any bad habits or anything that you felt were, you know, now that you've gone through roots, you've been in this for four years, you've made some amazing, amazing changes. What, what types of bad habits did you feel like were, were kind of keeping you stuck knowing what you know now today? Um, I would probably say that I didn't, um, budget as well. I probably overspent um, I didn't probably tell my kids no enough, Oof. you know, I would get stuck. I mean, they'd be like, well, mom, I need this or I want this. And I would cave because I wanted to provide for my kids and I felt bad. And so, you know, but then yeah. I learned it took a lot to learn. It it did. Yeah, I had to change some of my behaviors and it it was a struggle, but I had to learn how to do that so that. I could pay off more and, and get myself in a good place where I was more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, like I said, I think you're saying a lot of things that resonate. I'm not saying no to your kids. That's, that's not always an easy thing. Right. And, no. and if you're not careful, obviously not being able to say no to them and setting that boundary, I mean, that can seriously add on a lot of financial stress to your life. There's no question. So <laughs> you, you eventually uh, decided to join us in roots. Now this is back in uh, like 2020 and uh, it was right around then. And so what what was like the deciding factor for you then? Like to say, you know, maybe um, I need to do something about this. I think that I just was, I was just really stuck. I needed, to, I, I needed help to be able to get myself pushed and to really make a, a difference. And so I was like, well, why don't I just get started and at least give it a, a year and see where I go. And I made leaps and bounds. Yeah. And yeah. I made the changes and I stuck with it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to make the changes. And so it was not hard. It was not easy at all. It yeah. was very hard. Yeah. Let's dive into that not easy, made some changes. So looking back when you first started, what were, um, what were some of the things that you learned or that you started to take action on, at least in a different way than where you normally were? that you felt started to make some of the biggest differences for you to make a big, you know, leaps and bounds. Like you said, you made leaps and bounds that first year. What do you feel was um, the biggest contributor to that? I like started putting $75 out of my paycheck right into an emergency fund. And I've continued to do that. I've never changed it. Even when I switched jobs recently, I still did that, you know? And so that always goes in. And so it's twice, twice a month. So it's $150 that goes into an emergency fund. And I've had to rebuild the emergency fund at least five or six times, probably more, because I've had emergencies that have just yeah. wiped it out yeah. on more than occasion. I don't know how many cars I've had to replace because I've hit five deer. 
Oh my goodness. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about that. Okay. So you've had to replace your emergency fund time and time again. You've five deer you've hit. Yeah. At least in a four year span. (laughs) I haven't totaled it that many times, but I've hit five deer. So have you ever looked up the record of how many people have hit deer? No, I don't want to. Because you might be, you might be competing with a few people. (laughs) My family calls me the deer slayer. They've revoked my hunting license. It's horrible. Now I live in Wisconsin, Michelle. So, you know, hitting a, you know, hitting a deer isn't uncommon, but five times, I don't think I've ever heard that many times. And two raccoons. So, oh man. All right. So those animals, Hey, they need to be on the phones. Like, Hey, Michelle's out. We need to get off the road. That's what they say. It's horrible. I'm really trying not to do that anymore. So, right, right. Oh, those poor deer. Oh man. So, all right. So you, yes, you've had to overcome a lot, not just from your, your car situations, the deer situations, you've rebuilt your emergency fund time and time again. And so I think the reason I want to point this out is because, you know, you, you've definitely faced some challenges over the last four years. I mean, it, it hasn't been exactly just smooth sailing for Michelle four straight years to help you be able to do the things that you've done. Not at all. Not at all. So you can, know, I mean, can you share a little bit now, now your mom sadly passed away um, and, she did. and you went, you went through some transitions with that too. Can you, from a financial standpoint, can you kind of share how that, how, what you were working on helped you kind of work through all of that and, and moving through that situation too? Um, I had to learn how to deal with funeral situations. Yeah. Um, it was rough because um, I had to pay her bills yeah. for three months with no access to her money. None. Um, literally, because I didn't have enough in my emergency stash at that time, I had to borrow from my grandparents, which were her parents. And gratefully, they did. And then I paid them back. But it took so long and it took three years to finalize her estate, which is ridiculous. Um, but it was just persevering and making sure I kept track of all of her stuff, all of my stuff. Um, again, and because of her teaching me how to run a check register that saved me with the lawyers Yeah, because they wanted accountability of how I spent every last penny of her money. And then when her furnace went in her house, they're like, Oh no, you have to pay for that yourself. You're living there. I literally had to pay for her brand new furnace. And I went probably four months with no furnace because we argued about this. And I had no heat for four months. None. And it was a cold. It was that that winter was cold. It was from like October to almost January, no furnace. Wow. And it was cold. And there was nothing we could do. We were arguing and fighting. And I was researching and people were telling me ten, twelve thousand dollars for a furnace. And I finally found one for $3,600. Wow, and good for you. Yeah, I really did the research. I did what Brad would do. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to pay ten grand. I don't have a spare ten grand. I just didn't. I, I'm like, I cannot afford ten grand for a furnace. And I was able to do 3600 you know, and that's what I did. You know, and it just, it was a lot of challenges and it was a lot of working at it every day. Yeah. And it was, okay, Brad's not going to give up. 
I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep working at this and I can do this. And so it was, it was, it was a difficult struggle. And, you know, finally being able to buy the house and I had to buy it at market value. I couldn't even go through. I had to buy it at market value. They would not let me do it at payoff. Right. Right. But that's okay. I got a mortgage, did it. It wasn't bad. And now it's mine and it's the the state closed and I'm still more secure. And thank you, Lord. I got it at the lower interest rate before they rose. Yeah. And I got it. I got it at like 3.25 as an interest rate. So that's a decent interest rate. Yeah, absolutely. Be a lot of people, a lot of people right now are wishing for that one. So I'm not going to refinance. I don't think. So can you, let, let's go back a little bit to, um, you know, that first year, maybe the first, you know, a couple years as you're doing this, you know, you, you use our debt freedom planner, you know, obviously have been in roots. Can you talk about from a budgeting standpoint, like how budgeting has helped you, you know, throughout this process? Again, you've gone through some significant challenges. You've had to rebuild your emergency fund multiple times. You know, your mom passed away. You had to deal with a lot of her bills. I mean, obviously, you know, budgeting and principles, practice, you know, doing those things all helped you through that. So can you share a little bit? about what's helped you most with budgeting and and just with our audience, maybe some tips or things that really kind of helped you. I think writing down all my bills and the planner just helps keep me focused. It keeps me on track. It keeps me because I had to pay two separate, two separate bills for two households for a long time. It kept me motivated. It kept me on track. It's like, okay, I, I've paid this, this, and this, and I got to pay this, this, and this. And it keeps me on track. It keeps me motivated. It's like, okay, I've gotten this done. I've paid this much. I've paid this much this month. I can do this, you know? Um, and it, it really does. It keeps me motivated. Um, I try to make sure I do it every month at the end of the month. I try to tally how much I've, I've paid off. Okay. I've, I've paid this. I had, I had this much in car repairs. Okay. That's still a win. Cause I was able to do it. Right. And some months I don't have to use my emergency fund, which is a win. It's huge. Like if I don't have to use it, I hate using it. I hate it. I just want it to sit there. I don't want to use it. I just want to, my goal this year is to get it up to like $3,000. That's my goal, you know, and I have a lot of medical bills, unfortunately. And now my new insurance is high deductible, which I'm still trying to refigure and, and, how to use it and how to do it and how, how to help my children use it, unfortunately. Um, but that's a work in progress and I'll figure it out because that's what I do, you yeah. know, and it's just a matter of working on it on a monthly basis, sometimes a weekly basis. And, and I use the planner and I was setting goals and I want to pay this one off and I want to pay that one off or, and, paying off the smaller ones and I was making a plan on how to do that. Yeah. What would you say like um, from a sacrifice standpoint, was there anything significant that you feel um, that you had to sacrifice like big or, or was there just small adjustments that you've made over the years to, for me, to it was to do some smaller adjustments because I don't go out to eat a lot. Yeah. Um, it's pretty rare. Um, it was learning how to save if I want to do something that it did teach me that like if i want to do something for my kids i put it away in an envelope i am the queen of sinking funds um 
Like I have them all. Yeah, you do. <laughs> like it, whether it's saving up for my kid's birthday present or for Christmas or whatever. Like my middle daughter has no clue right now. She's in Brazil. Absolutely. She's on vacation. She must have saved up for it. She's having a time of her life. But she has no idea that her Christmas present is still waiting for her. Because when she gets back and she makes her next car payment, my other daughter, my oldest daughter and I are paying off the rest of her car payment. Wow. Because we're going to pay her next two car payments, but we're waiting until she makes her next one. Yeah. So when she gets home and makes her next car payment, we're paying it off. Because she awesome. only owns like $500 and I have it sitting in a sinking fund. Yeah. Just waiting. <laughs> that's incredible merry christmas to her yeah right how cool because she's like i really don't want anything mom i'm just working on my college loans yeah you know but that's what we decided we would do because then it will free up money for her yeah you know but it's just having the patience to to put stuff aside for sinking funds whether it's for a new car whether it's for car repairs whether it's for a vacation whether it's i want to drive down the entire East Coast from Bangor, Maine to Miami, Florida, which I did. And it was amazing. I took yeah. 30 days. 30 days. A 30 day trip this past summer. Wasn't that this past summer? It was actually two summers ago, but I drove two 83 summers. miles. It was an amazing trip. Yeah, that's awesome. You so, know? So cool. So now you, um, can you share um, what in the last four years you've been able to uh, successfully pay off? Um, as far as money or just debt, like how much debt you've paid off in the last four years? Um, I paid off $155,969 and 80 cents in four years. <laughs> and then in my college loan forgiveness, that was $86,191 and 88 cents. Yeah. Which isn't included in that 155. No, by it's the way. not. Yeah. It's so- not included. Yeah, so we'll talk we'll talk a little bit about the college loan forgiveness in just a second, but man, what okay, if you go back 4 years ago, would you have ever imagined no. Today, 4 I years later, ever. you would have been there. <laughs> no. No. That no. is an insane when you sent me that email because obviously, you know, we're, when we get you on the podcast, we we just want to know some information and obviously know your final numbers and where you're at and when you sent me those and I and I told him I was like, "Holy crap. Like I know you've done well." But I didn't know it was that well. Like I was like, I was blown away. So I was too. Actually, when I added it up, I'm like, Nah, I did that wrong. No, we're gonna recalculate that. <laughs> I was like, There's no way. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what do you feel when you see that number? It's like, oh, I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> you should be. Damn right. You worked so hard for that. I have. I've really worked really hard for well, it. And I think you, for you, Michelle, like, and, and what I'll say to, to to your listeners out there, obviously, Michelle, Michelle's in Roots. So, you know, inside Roots as a member, you you come to our live meetups and we do these live meetups just about every single week. We're out, we're off here and there, but I'd say 95% of the year we're, we're meeting once a week. And uh, Michelle, you, you are one of the people who's there almost every single week. You're there every single week. You have just made not only this commitment to the program, but a commitment to yourself. Like you're, you're going to do this. And I think if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, what is the big difference maker? Like, how does she do that? I mean, you're a teacher. Like, how do you do that in four years? Commitment. You, you just said like you, you've just been willing to take 
a different approach. You've been willing to be patient. You've just been willing to like try all of the stuff that we've given you and you've shown up and that's how you do it. Like there's no secret behind it. You just have been willing to put in the work. And that's why I think when you say you're proud of yourself, that's why I'm proud of you because you've been willing to put in the work. And I think most people just aren't willing to do that. It's not easy. I'm I'm not going to lie. It's not. And there are times where I'm discouraged and I'm like, I'm not making a difference and I'm not doing this right. And Brad's probably going to be disappointed in me. And then I look at this and I'm like, oh, no, no those are pretty good numbers. Those are pretty fantastic numbers. Uh, you know, so, so like talk about feelings now, like, you know, you mentioned prior to, you know, starting this back in 2020, you know, you're just tired. You felt stuck, you know, was constantly just barely getting by things like that, you know, uh, probably stressed is my guess, but you know, now you're like in a completely different place. Like, can you talk about how you feel now versus how you felt before? Um, I feel at least more secure with my finances. I can usually pay all my bills. Um, I set aside enough. I always have some in my ER fund. Um, you know, and I try to take time for myself. Um, and I mean, even now I'm applying for another job for a second job because um, I'm not sure about the medical with my new medical plan. Um, and I'm, I'm worried about it. So I'm trying to be proactive right? in, in what I need to do because I don't want to get into that spot where I was before. And so I would rather be proactive versus, um, reactive. And so I don't want to be stuck there. But even when they said, what's your availability? I'm like, oh, I have to have Tuesdays off. Because <laughs> I don't want to miss Tuesday nights because it keeps me accountable. It keeps me yeah. focused yeah. on what I need to do for me. And that means that I need to show up. Because then when I don't show up, you know, it's I I get I feel like I've let myself down. And so I do need that accountability for myself. And I know that. Yeah. And so yeah. that helps me keep going and being like, no, I'm doing the right things showing up even if i'm writing i'm listening to you guys and i don't always say some things on there um but i'm still listening and i might be working on grading papers while i'm listening but i'm still there yeah now i think one other thing i want you to, i want to talk about it and give you this question in the list of kind of questions we were going to go over but one thing i i think um we talk about a lot and you know this is celebrating your wins and i think you know, I, I do talk about this and, you know, quite often I kind of bring you up and I say, you know, this is what I think Michelle does great here. If you guys are looking for an example of making sure you recognize every win and, and can you talk about how that's helped you? Because I think that's one of the areas that even me included, even still today, you know, I'm, I'm a very goal oriented person. When I reach a goal, I don't take time to really probably celebrate it the way I should have recognized what it took to get there. It's always kind of like, let's move on to the next one. But that is not a good idea, right? I need to do better in my own life. And I need to take you as an example of this because every week, you know, we celebrate on the live meetups and we, and we talk about like the wins that we got the week prior and what were the things that we did that we did good. And you always have like six or seven things that you were listing. Can, can you talk about how that's helped you stay motivated throughout this? I think I need that I need that pat on that back to be like, listen, I've, I've done a good job. I am still working at it. And so therefore, like you said, the accountability, 
I'm trying to be, hold myself accountable and I need that celebration. You know, like I even set a goal for myself um, to walk a thousand miles this year. And I had to create a spreadsheet for myself and it's exercise miles, just not regular miles, exercise miles. And so I get up every day and I go for my walk, whether it's three and a half miles, four and a quarter miles. And I'm like, I'm going to do this. And it's just to be healthier just for me. It's not for anybody else. Love that. And, you know, it is cold this morning. It was 21 degrees out Whew. and I went out 4.3 miles and I'm like, Whoo, all right. <laughs> I bet you. I do not have to do anymore. Bet you were happy you had that furnace when you got back. (laughs) I was. A nice warm shower. Yeah, I bet. I bet. But you know, it's just you know, you you say you need those celebrations, and you really do. That is the difference. Because when you don't take the time to celebrate what you've done, even if it is a small win, even when I only put five dollars aside or something else, those $5 do add up. Yeah. Like I wasn't realizing, I didn't realize that I say I, that I've paid off $155,000. I didn't realize it was that much money that blew me away. That's huge. Outstanding. I didn't, didn't realize how much it really was in four yeah. years. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like you mentioned, like you mentioned that dollar amount, five dollars. There are celebrate. You have celebrated that before. Like it could be just a small, you still celebrate it. And that's what I love about it. There's, there's so many of us that disregard that. Like, oh, I was only able to put like $15 in my savings account this week. Well, it's not about the amount. It's about the consistency of doing it. It's about creating the habit of it over time. And that's what gets you the biggest. Look at Michelle, four years, $155,000 in debt paid off. And you have celebrated these little tiny celebrations every single week. And here you are four years later. That is the power of consistency and taking small steps forward. And sometimes, you know, I think we can all just disregard those little things. Like they don't matter because they're not big every single week or every single month. Well, they're not going to be, but you talk about it. It's like the consistency of doing it. That's the secret. And man, I just, I feel like your journey has just been, uh, although not perfect because none of ours are, it's just a prime example of how you successfully get out of debt. You don't do it overnight. It takes time. It's consistency is discipline. There's going to be ups and downs, but you've stayed committed to it. I'm not out of debt yet. I still got a little ways to go. Yeah. But I'm going to keep working at it. But talk about the hope, though, that you see now. Do you feel... Oh, yeah. Like, it's it's man, possible. The light is at the end of the tunnel for you soon. There is a light. Yeah. That's got to feel really good. At one time, you probably were like, there's never a way I'm getting out of this. <laughs> yeah, probably. But <laughs> there's a hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There really is. You know, and I'm still doing loan forgiveness for my parent plus loans. And that's right. like six years down the road. Right. But that's okay. It's just six more years of teaching. Right. And I'm okay with that. Right. And now let's talk yeah. a little bit about that. So you did, so you've paid off $155,000 in debt, but then you also did get student loan forgiveness. Talk a little bit about that. Cause I'm, some of our listeners may not understand like how, how you actually got that. Because I'm a teacher, yep. it's considered public service loan forgiveness. And that's why I did it because I did 10 years of service, you know, and even before that, I did other things too. Like I got teach grants forgiven. I got Perkins loans forgiven. So there's actually more that I've gotten forgiven. It's, it's a lot. But, it is a lot. You know, it's not, it's not an easy thing to get done. No, it's, it is paperwork. It's a lot of paperwork. work. Right. It yep. is. It's being on the paperwork. Right. It's turning it in every year. I have to turn in paperwork and prove that I've worked at schools every year. Right. You know, right. um, 
it's it's being diligent about turning that paperwork in and getting it making sure that it's a qualifying payment and we do make payments like they tried to up my payment to $810 a month and I fought and argued and fought and argued I'm like that's more than my mortgage I'm not you're telling me that I need to choose whether to live in a house or be homeless yeah because I can't afford both right and I, I argued with them and argued with them and argued with them. And I got it down to $410. Yeah. And so that's why I'm like, no, but I would tell me to argue. Yeah. So I argued. <laughs> you keep at it. Yeah, you keep at I it. I did. I argued them down to $410. And my daughters and I share the payment because it's, I took the loan out for them. And I told them that they had to help me pay it. Right. And I said, we just have to pay the bare minimum. And that's it for six years. Right. And then we, we split the payment and they helped me with it and they do. And for six years, they got to help me with the payment and then it'll be forgiven. Yeah. You okay. know? Yeah. And they're like, awesome. they're like, you don't want us to pay extra. Nope. Don't yeah, pay extra. Don't. Yeah, of course. Cause you're, yeah, you're looking for the, yeah, the public service forgiveness. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, huge, huge, honestly, blessing for you that it worked out. It doesn't. I, I don't hear about it often. I don't. I don't hear people who uh, often get there. I think in the eight years that I've been doing this, I think you're maybe the third one that I've ever heard has gotten it done. It doesn't happen very often. So, uh, But anyways, in addition to the $155,000 that you paid off on your own, um, I mean, that's just an incredibly kind of bonus on the top that that's worked out for you. It did help. Um, so can you talk a little bit about, you know, your daughters and stuff? Did they, you know, as you kind of went through this, did they have anything to say about changes that mom was making with their finances or anything? Was there any feedback from them or maybe other friends that you were kind of working through some of this stuff? Um, not too much. A lot of times they would be like, oh, you want to go out? Mm, nope. It's not my budget right now. Yeah. Really? Come on. No, no, it's good. You know, and sometimes they got annoyed with it, but it's fine. Yeah. You know, now they know that they got to ask me way in advance. <laughs> you've, <laughs> trained them. you've trained them well, Michelle. I love it. Because <laughs> if it's not on my budget, it's not generally happening. That's right. Right. You know, um, and I try to budget for that sometimes. And I try to have like a gift budget now, too, for unexpected like baby showers or wedding things and yeah. I learned that I need to have a budget for that because before I didn't and things were like that would pop up. Right. Right. Yeah. Sinking yeah. funds, sinking funds for the win for sure. Yep. Having that budget saving consistently for those upcoming expenses. That's the secret. So if you're listening to this episode, and you're like, how do I stay out of debt in the future? Like listen to Michelle, like get on a budget, start putting away money for those future expenses that are coming up. And uh, the, the more you do that, the more in the habit you get of doing it, the less debt you need and hopefully no more debt you'll need because you'll have the cash to do it. That's and the, sometimes I've had to to borrow from my sinking funds. It's like, okay, this came up. Well, I'll pull this out of my sinking fund. Nope, that's not what I wanted to do, but it's better than taking it out of my emergency right. fund. But I love that though, because that's what most people miss about savings. Savings, even if it's saving for something else and you end up having to use it for something that came up, like you said, savings creates opportunity to flex in your life without creating more financial stress. You know, and and having those sinking funds allows you to adjust. It allows you to adjust to life. Yeah, it may not have worked out perfectly, but now savings has created this opportunity for you to now use this money for whatever's popped up. Whereas opposed to if you don't have any money, you're constantly relying on debt and you're just adding more and more stress and payments to your life. And you're like, I'm never going to get out of this. And, but you've turned the cycle of that for your life. I mean, that's just, just a, in four years time, 
And then if you think about the trajectory of the rest of your life, all you've learned, all the habits you've created, how that's just going to keep moving forward and building more and more momentum as, as the time goes on. It's girl, it's going to be awesome for you. It's awesome. (laughs) I'm so excited for you. Really from, from day one to see where you started and all the stuff that you've gone through. It's really, really exciting to see where you're at today. Cause it's just, uh, as, as my job, it's one of the coolest parts about it is just to get to watch people go through this journey. And, uh, you, you, it's, it's been so much fun to watch. So, um, I can't wait till I'm debt free. You will get there. Yeah. You're getting there. You're on your way. So like, what is, what is the goal for you? Like once you're debt free, like what are some future things that you love to be able to do just in your life and experience, you know, and, and looking at that, you know, we talk about having some sort of a wire purpose to kind of move you forward, keep motivated. You know, what, what's, what's Michelle's like, what are you looking to do? I really want to travel. Love that. Yeah. Australia is definitely on my bucket list. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Super fun. Yeah. I would love to go like there for like a month or so. Yeah. How cool. That's one of the top ones we hear when I, when I talk to people, it's like, if, if you didn't have to worry so much about money and you had money to go do things that you love to do, what would be travel is, is typically the number one answer. So, and um, I do travel more than most people. I just pick up sometimes and I go for a weekend or whatever and I get my little car and we just go. Yeah. Love you that. You know, but I do it on a budget as well. So sure. But well, good for you. Awesome. So last question for you, Michelle, before we uh, let you go off the show here today. Um, if you had to go back and talk to the Michelle from four plus years ago and you know, maybe they're on the fence, you know, maybe they're just not quite sure if, uh, should I not necessarily roots, but just in general, should I start working on my finances? Should I start budgeting? Should I start paying attention to this more? Like, what would you say to them knowing what you know now today, four years later? This will take time. This will be hard work, but it's so worth it. Keep track right away. I wish I had kept better track my very first year. I think I would have had more paid off or I would have known that I had more paid off because I think I, I think I joined in 2019 and I didn't keep track. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think I kept track that first year. And so I think I've paid off more and I have no clue. (laughs) (laughs) Which is kind of sad. It's just like, Ooh, I missed the boat there. Like, I think think you bring up a good point though. You know, it's, it's when you get started, it's hard. That's why, you know, again, that's why we have roots. It's support accountability. It's to have someone kind of hold your hand throughout that first part. Cause the first, the first six to 12 months are not easy. You know, Um, you can make great progress. We've had, we have so many people are making great progress in that short period of time, but it's not easy. It's like you said, it's hard work. It's going to take time. And And I don't um, think I kept as good as track as then as I do now. Yeah. But that's something you learn, you know, tracking, tracking is such a a good behavior change. You know, you've, you've learned that, like I didn't track, but now I started to, and like, holy cow, this, this actually shows that I'm on the right path, you know? Right. I think because if you don't track, you don't see your wins as well either. Yeah, for sure. And it's especially easy to give up because you're like, well, what good is this? I'm not really getting any results. And if you don't have any proof of progress from tracking, it's easy just to wave the white flag and say, I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore. Exactly. And uh, now, yes. now looking at Michelle, $155,000 of debt paid off. I bet you're more motivated now. Like I'm going to keep going. Motivated. This is working, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Michelle. Well, I just want to say congratulations to you. We're so proud of you. Uh, like I said, it's been an honor of mine to be able to be here with you and just about every Tuesday with you 
and uh, celebrating your wins and seeing the consistency and discipline. And not only just, you know, from my standpoint, but also just being a great member there in, in roots. And I know other people are seeing you, other people are watching other people on those live meetups are seeing you consistently being there and you're providing them the motivation. Like if she's doing this, I'm going to do it too. Uh, and we're going to have people on this podcast that are going to listen to this episode and say, if, if this, a teacher, a normal everyday person can do $155,000 in four years. Why not me? Right. And uh, your story is not going to be able to give more people hope. So thank you so much for coming on and, and giving that to those people. I appreciate you. All right. Thank you. You're have welcome. A great day. Yeah, you too. So the Totally Awesome Debt Freedom Planner is helping so many people make consistent progress with their finances, whether that be building emergency funds, paying down bills, budgeting, tracking paydays, saving up for larger purchases, goal planning and planning for those irregular yearly expenses that always seem to catch you by surprise. Now, the Debt Freedom Planner will help you take the stress out of managing your money. And if the thought is running through your mind, hey, I just need to have a simple tool to get my finances together, this planner is perfect for you. Head over to therealdebtfreedad.com, click on the Debt Freedom Planner in the menu at the top of the page, and order your Debt Freedom Planner today. Hey guys, as you know, that sound means it is time for the celebrations of the show. And today we're kicking it off with Claudianne. Claudianne says, all bills are paid and I put an additional $300 into my emergency fund. Claudianne, congratulations. It's a great win. Uh, Susie, I finished my first budget. She says, it's terrifying, but it's done. Susie, you are absolutely right. These first few months of budgeting, that's why we always like to say, just call them a crappy budget because they're going to be crappy. They're going to be hard. It's going to be scary. It's going to be terrifying like you described, but that's okay you know, those feelings are signs of change and those are all good things. So congratulations for you getting that first one done and uh, things will only improve from here. So keep up the great work. Uh, Shelly also says, made final payment on my personal loan. I'm able to roll. Check this out, guys. And an additional $465 every single month onto my next snowball item. That is a huge chunk of money now added to her debt payoff plan every month moving forward. Shelly, such a great win. Congratulations. Uh, Kim went off track this past Christmas and an upcoming baby shower, but I completed my January and New Year budget. 2024 will be a good year in getting things paid off. Kim, way to get back on track, way to jump back on that wagon. Aaron, the extra paycheck showed up today that I was waiting for, and it will all be going into my savings. I love that, Aaron. Padding up that savings feels great. And Angela, to finish us off here today, has said, I don't need that to about five things this week. Those are the most hard-fought wins, you guys. Those behavior changes, saying no, standing up for your personal financial life. Oof, it's a hard thing to do sometimes, especially when they are enticing you to buy and you just want to get it. Angela, such a great, great win. Hey, as always, congratulations to all of you guys who are taking a stand for your financial life and are wanting better. We get that getting out of debt isn't easy, but with our help and with your consistency and discipline, we promise you this will be some of the best work you do in your entire life. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today and we will see you on our next episode. Thanks for listening to the Debt-Free Dad Podcast. Connect with us on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. Just search Debt-Free Dad. If you found value in today's episode, please leave us a rating and review. We so appreciate it. For resources, show notes, and links mentioned in today's show, 
visit DebtFreeDad.com. Catch you next week.